Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am Vicky Barcelona, hitting the microphone because I am a professional. Yes, hit that microphone, Vicky. And the other professional in the room... Which, I mean, there's only one other person in the room today. It is Joey D. Hello, we lost BJ. Yep, to, I think, a colonoscopy and possibly a cold. Yes, both of those things are not great, especially when combined. I'm glad that he's not here. <laughs> yes, you wouldn't want to see him getting, what did he, he said, spit roasted or yeah, something? rotisserie style. Rotisserie, that's what it was, yes. Anywho, so you got... I'd say the B team, but... We're the A team, damn it. Okay, fine. We're the A team. Uh, we're going to be talking about movies. Talk to Gareth Von Kallenbach. See, uh, it's a Halloween kind of time. I'm Spooky. so excited. And basically anything else that is on our brains because, you know, we weren't here last week. We were on vacation. But. So we have a lot to catch up on. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can check out our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have blogs, podcasts, and More! More! Or just search BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Odyssey. You'll find us. <laughs> That's right. We have been off for a week, and man, it was one heck of a week to be off. The law, everything I feel like was going on, whether it was geek-related or not geek-related, like everything just always happens when we're gone. Yeah, Marvel news, Game of Thrones news, Lord of the Ring news, Andor news, She-Hulk news. And I was just whittling away. I'm like, I'm just going to do my arts and crafts because I'm a little old lady. Yeah, I <laughs> and like, I just want to be away from the internet for a little while. And I slept. <laughs> that was a smart move. Uh, when we have time off, it's great because we wake up very early here, uh, 3, 4 in the morning sometimes. Yeah, and for a regular shift. So at 7 work. in the morning was great. Mm-hmm. I slept until 6.30 most days, a.m., Oh, that was fantastic. And you know what that means, though? We did have a lot of time to catch up on stuff that we hadn't watched. And Vicky, I heard you may have watched an episode of Game of Thrones. And usually, since they're pretty much all out, if not all of them are, I was going to, I planned, I'm like, this is my day. I'm going to work on some stuff and I'm going to binge it. I have it right in front of my face. So I would rewind it when I didn't really catch what I needed to catch. And after the first episode, I was like, I don't think I want to binge the rest right now. And that is not to say it is not good. Because I want to know what happens. I really do. I have that completion issue because it was captivating. And I do want to figure out what happens to these characters. But I don't know if it's just, was Game of Thrones always this bad right off the bat? Now, I, see, I had forgotten because you had said that. And I was like, what is she talking about? I mean, there are some decapitations here and there. But I forgot the ha- that there, episode there's, one. There's a scene where they're going in. Uh, and I, I'm still figuring out everyone's names because they're all... Similar sounding, but they're different. They're all Aegon. Just say Aegon. <laughs> I was just going to say Matt Smith, the Doctor Who character. Yes. <laughs> the guy who played uh, Doctor Who. Um, but he's leading basically what is his like new security outfit with the gold and stuff. And he's like, we're going to go through this town. This town is kind of a crap show now. And we're going to clean it up. We were tasked to do this. And we're going to do it our way. And that was when they decided, hey, we're going to clean up. Hey, you, you're a thief. Guess what happens to thieves? Yup. You lose your hand. You, murderer. Guess what happens to you? You lose your head. You know, somebody who forced themselves on somebody, yeah, you lose something. And it's not one we've seen or heard before. This is, and you actually saw it on the screen. And when I, I literally had to rewind it because I'm like, that is not what I think it is. Yep, that was exactly what I thought it is. It was and his back end. It was not even the full, like, you know, you know, when you get like a, you know, pick like what not pig, but like a roast or rump roast or yeah, anything. It's not yeah. like you're getting the meat. You're getting 
the actual specific. I did not orifice. know you could. Yeah, I didn't know you could cut that. You out, know, yeah, out, I mean, but not not like that, no. So you're saying the dark Game of Thrones, it wasn't the, the blacks not showing up on your TV or whatever? No, that didn't bother me. I mean, I was watching it on my iPad, so it wasn't that big a deal. I just turned up the, uh, the, um, the brightness on it. But I was just, I realized that, one, I obviously haven't seen Game of Thrones in for a very long time. And my mom even, funny enough, my mom binged it and watched all of it. Really? She's the one. She watched Game of Thrones before I did. Wow. She was really into it. And she was just like, eh. Like, I watched it all. And I was like, I didn't really get into it. I wasn't really feeling it. I was a little confused, not really tracking. And so my mom wasn't really feeling it. But The new one. The new one. Okay, yeah, she yeah, loved yeah. the old one, didn't really like the way it ended, like everyone else. Yep, yep. But I, I, I don't know if it's just uh, I've gotten a little soft in my day. But I was like, I kind of want to watch something else that's not so horrifying. And even then, it's funny, I was introducing my new housemate to um, Peacemaker. Okay, yeah. And we watched it. I'm like, that is pretty messed up in a lot of ways, but it's lighter. It's so much lighter. There's no comedy in Game of Thrones. No. It's all about that medieval... Brutality. Yeah, exactly. Was it backstabbing and incest? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really heavily lean on that, too. And I love the actor. I think Matt Smith does a great job. Mm -hmm. He really carries the show for the first four episodes. And that's the thing. They're such good acting. It's such an... Like, it's interesting. I want to know what happens, like... After the first episode, but I don't know if I have it in me to watch it. Maybe I'll watch it little by little. I know for a fact I can't binge it. Yeah, it, it, I can understand that. Because if you're, especially in vacation mode, which we were in, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're not really looking for that. You don't go to a wintry, dark place in a cave to enjoy your vacation. <laughs> I mean, some people do, but they are not depressed. Like, oh, God, it was just, ugh. I wanted to watch something fun. No, I understand. That makes sense. And for those of you who are watching it, the last episode was great. We get a, a great King episode. I'm not going to go any spoilers or mm-hmm. anything. So it does, it is great, but I do 100% understand. Like, you have to go into it fully understanding that it is going to be brutal and it's not a happy story and the characters change a lot. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, there's even time jumping, and I do not like time jumping. Oh, no. And it does bother me. But again, you get that great acting. It's a good plot, a good setting. And. Man, I guess I think after Game of Thrones ended, the original story, mm-hmm. this is just refreshing because it's not terrible. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> Well done. Yeah, it's yeah. not rushed. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> but I can understand that because I actually watched a show that you recommended, what? which is way more lighthearted than Game of Thrones. Okay. I finally watched the first season of the animated Har- uh, Harley Quinn show. What? Yes, which is ironic because that sounds exactly like the character sometimes. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, you'd heard him from me. Yeah, it's like the the only time she's happy. The only time she does the accent, too, which is awesome. So you went through the first season? Yeah, so they're not too long, actually, which is nice. 20-ish minutes, somewhere around there. Yeah, half an hour, and I want to say like eight-ish episodes. Yeah, I think it was 12, I believe it was 12 or 13. I'll take a peek, but I am curious to see what you thought. Yeah, uh, it was good. I was surprised. Um, It's obviously based on Harley Quinn. She's the main character, and it's mm-hmm. uh, kind of in a world in which superheroes are evil, but almost celebrities, They're, if that makes sense. Not quite. Okay, so we get a lot of this, whether it's the boys or whatever, but it's not quite that bad. No. They're just, they're almost more incompetent. Yeah, yeah, well, they're they're dumb, but the way they're portrayed by the news media, it's kind of like gossipy almost. Oh, yeah. If it's like, like there's like your, uh, your ranking, if you will, amongst the good guys and the bad guys matters a lot. 
because you had like Joe Quinn, like the the evil celebrity couple, you know, that kind of gossipy, like the villains even are getting the gossip columns instead of being vilified 100% as they should be. Yeah, and but they still lose. Like they're still yes. villains, they still suck. So they yeah. end up losing a lot of the times so like Batman, but Definitely the a lot of great characters. I mean, you have, uh, you have Clayface, who's Ugh. an actor, which is actually just the greatest. Which makes sense. Like he's just like, oh, I am an actor, and the way he overpronounces everything, like, oh, it's Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just so ridiculous. And I feel like when I've seen Clayface and other things, whether it was I've seen like clips and trailers, I think it was of like one of the Batman video games, and he just looks like this big, evil, massive clay. I'm like. I want I want silly Clayface. <laughs> yeah, I like it because it's almost like they have super like the supervillains have superpowers, but they're more like video game superpowers mm-hmm. where they're they're like built for this story as opposed to Clayface just being evil and dumb or something like that, or the right. shark being like just you know a shark that could eat people as opposed to uh, King Shark in uh, Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad, which was the second one they did, where he was like, "Ooh, hands." Yeah, the Sylvester Stallone. He legit is a brainiac. He, he's a computer whiz, and his but everyone always sees him as a shark. <laughs> yeah, he's voiced by Ron Funches, and it, he has a great voice for it. Oh yeah, uh, all the characters are great. They're they're well done. The, the group up is funny. Poison Ivy trying to be like the reasonable bad guy is funny because she's just fighting climate you know change and right. you know plants and stuff like that. She's like, I'm evil, but I'm taking it's down like, these uh, like kind of evil I'm, corporations. I'm not a villain. I'm an eco terrorist. Like yeah. there's there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, and the, they have a good story arc. Uh, Harley Quinn's trying to become essentially a super villain, but she's got she's overshadowed by Joker because mm-hmm. that's how everyone knows her. And so she, she always wanted to be seen as his equal. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, even her own person in a real right. weird, weird way, which is funny because I was like, well, she's going to get captured by Batman because it happens in the first episode oh, yeah. immediately. And I'm like, but she's going through this, you know, it's good, like trauma stuff. And there's a lot of like underlying tones of actual like societal problems and mm-hmm. stuff. That's how they did a good job of representing, but also not like harping on it for too long. Yeah. They focus a little bit of it on the first four episodes, but then they like quickly just go to like, we're trying to be funny. You know, that's yes. our point. And I was like, okay, I, I like that. It's a journey. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's trippy. They do, and they do all like the fun tropes, but they do them well. And uh, I think one of my favorite episodes is the episode where Robin steals the show, where they get punk ass like child Robin yes. <laughs> trying to start like a relationship with uh, I think Harley about so, being bad guys. Yes, they treat having your arch nemesis as like your like have, especially your first arch nemesis as your first like relationship. Yeah, because there's even a part where Batman at the end he's like, I know like. You're not going to believe me, but I didn't have my first arch nemesis until my 20s. Yeah. I wasn't ready for one. It's like, stop patronizing me, father. You just it's That's how they're treating it. She's like, I want a bigger villain. I don't want this little chump kid to be my arch nemesis. No one's going to take me seriously. And that's what she's wanting to do, trying to be taken seriously as a quote unquote female in a male dominated world like our male dominated uh, industry if you will yeah and i'm mean, joker is just the f- funny parts of all the characters joker is still just joker like he is spot on joke you could pull him and put him into a different thing and it would be just the same i i will say without spoiling much of the next couple of seasons uh a lot of characters uh this is its own timeline it's yeah it's 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 separate from everything else because it you can't really see a whole lot of different things tying into this because of what happens so you're going to see certain people's storylines just go in ways that you may not have expected, especially Joker's. I'm excited to see it. He is, I mean, he's just a douche like throughout oh, yeah. the whole show. Uh, he has a couple of like, he'll zig and then he zags and then he zigs again. Like, you're not expecting it, but it works, yeah, I think. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if you think that as well. 
Uh, it's but refreshing. I'm yeah, it's refreshing because Marvel did the whole what if and all that stuff, yeah. but it was all within the same universe. This is kind of like a what if for DC, but like in a completely different vein and genre. Yeah, and, you're just going with Harley Quinn's uh, version. Yeah, like, like what, her story. Yeah, like this could literally just be her in an insane asylum, imagining the world, a new world as it could have been, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it, if it, they <laughs> do that, I'll be pissed. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> it, it's all a ton of fun and. Uh, Oh, uh, what was the other character that really killed me? Bane. Oh, jo- uh, oh, Bane no. is great. Uh, uh, drunk Gordon. Uh, oh, God. Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon. A, Gordon. Yeah. He's just so useless and so <laughs> dumb. And some of the stuff he ends up doing, it's like, really, Gordon? Jesus. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he really likes to be best friends with Batman. <laughs> and that's all he wants to do. It's like, hey, you know, I wasn't playing with your sign or anything. Yeah, and Batman's like, I don't have any best friends. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is great. But then even Batman, you know, there's a part where, like, a picture comes on his desktop on his or his big Batman screen. It's like my... my uh my wallpaper, or my not wallpaper, my screensaver just kicked in, didn't it? And it's Gordon putting like funny oh, little hats. Oh, like, uh, yeah. What is it? The bar- birthday little hats. It's, it's, on yeah, him. yeah, exactly. And he's just like, yep. Uh, so he does have that feeling for him, but in Batman's way. Exactly. And they show, I don't want to say useless, but they show how flawed some like the superheroes are, they sh- especially this last season, and especially with Batman in general. They show, like, hmm, yeah, you are. If we had a, a billionaire who lost his parents in that graphic way, who could never get over it, and decided to put on a rubber suit to go fight crime, this person is not stable at all. Yeah. And you will see how unstable he is in a non-evil way, but just traumatic. Like, you have all this trauma in you. Of course you're effed up. Oh, yeah. And they really explore it, and it's actually a pretty fun um storyline that happens in this last season and that I can't wait for you to get to. That's great. And the villains don't let up. I mean, they really lay it on the, the, the heroes as well. Uh, how, why did it take you so long to watch this? I didn't have access to HBO Max. Like, I had oh. been able to sneak it, but the, the whatever reason, my TV will not let me log in to HBO Max. And so mm-hmm. I was never been able to do it. And I finally got my password to work on my computer to watch Game of Thrones because, you know, I just right. been waiting. And that's when I was like, oh, I just realized that this is on. It like it popped up at right. one point. So I was like, oh, I can watch this. So I tried to stream it on my computer and it worked. I can't watch it on my TV still, you know, because, no. of course, technology. Right. But uh, luckily it does work now. So I, I was like, I was sitting there one day and I was like, oh, I'll watch an episode because they're short. Well, there is a lot of other like right now HBO is the home of all like the DC stuff right now because that's where you can watch the Batman, uh, where you can watch. I, I, my, my housemate was telling me that she watched Pennyworth. Oh. Which kind of gives me the vibe of like Gotham mixed with uh, Agent Carter. That sure, show. sure. That's kind of the vibe I get of him back in the day. Um, I have no desire to see it, but she said it was good. And then you have Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. And so that might be, I I really don't think you're going to like it the way because there is time travel in it and some oh, shenanigans. Time so travel. maybe put that one at the bottom of your list. <laughs> it's in the queue, just it might never get to the top. You never that, know. That is very understandable. But it's interesting, like we are talking about uh, DC and HBO. And because of the Batman, we had we got to see Colin Farrell's uh, portrayal the as the penguin. Yeah. Which, side note, aren't the voice actors for the penguin and, uh, oh, what the heck's his name? The guy in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Sal or yes, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sal who kicks them out of the apartment and then wants to be part of the gang. Yeah, like their voice, like, seriously, go to IMDb and look at all the voice actors because they're all phenomenal. But we do know that there is going to be an HBO Max series called The Penguin with Colin Farrell. So Ooh. he's very excited. He promises the series to be tasty and unusual. 
Well, if they follow the the storyline of the Batman in any way, I mean, take mm-hmm. his character and put him in the, that same scenario, that same plot, that same setting, and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. He says he didn't like the the story doesn't confirm anything. He didn't really say anything about the the pilot script, but he did say that he read the first episode, which was tasty and unusual. And he went to pr- uh, praise the Batman director Matt Reeves for his folk uh, his focus on working to bring the next iteration of Cobblepot to life. And he continued to mention uh, the project will probably be filmed in New York. And other reports are saying that they believe it's going to start shooting February of next year. So that's, it's still going to be a little bit. But That's awesome. I was going to say, if they take him, I wonder if they'll pull other actors from the movie. I mean, maybe you won't get all of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I could see, uh, I mean, Falcone's daughter being in it still, if they want right. to continue that at all. I mean, I, uh, I assume it's going to be post the movie? You would, you would think, because he gets arrested at the end, yes. I believe. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the Batman. Okay, I gave you time. We do see at the very, very end a moment when the Riddler, who is in prison, meets up with another inmate and is chatting a bit, and we hear a very familiar laugh. Yes. And that is played by the actor who was in The Eternals, and I'm blinking on his name because he has a very interesting name, but... I, I think he had a great look to him and I can't wait to see like if they're going to if it's going to be kind of like a Harley Quinn thing, obviously, like the animated series, but real life gritty where you kind of get more of the villain stories and what they're planning and then only get like a sprinkle in of the of the superheroes every now and then. That'd be a great way to start off an introduction to the next movie if they want to do a sequel too. I know there were talks of doing a Batman sequel, but there they might be, but they were kind of like. Oh, uh, we'll wait and see what we want to do with the characters and the actors. And that would make sense if they brought the villains in first mm-hmm. to this HBO Max series, see its popularity. It'll probably be great. I can't imagine that it won't be viewed. And then kind of roll into this cool, bat. you know, because in the second Batman of the uh-huh. last trilogy we got, that was like the Joker and the Joker won. So, it, hey, you got to follow what you did and what success brought you last time. And I mean, no one's going to beat Heath Ledger's performance, but no. I would love a different storytelling of a darker, like you said, film in New York kind of a thing, what Gotham's based off of. I could see that being very fun and very uh, successful. And it looks like, what was his name? Oh, no, they didn't say. They said inmate, I think. Inmate 94321. I can't find him. Oh, well. But yeah, you know who I was talking about, the guy from The Eternals. You guys can look it up. You understand. You know You won't recognize him in the paint, I'll tell you that much. No. He looks freaky. Uh, although I did also see there was like a teaser. There have been reports that Lady Gaga is going to be portraying Harley Quinn in the Joker 2, or Joker 2, which is the uh, Phoenix, uh, Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix mm-hmm. movie. So like a lot of people are like, well, we already have a Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie. I'm like, yeah, but this is how DC, that's just how they're making money, okay? People love Harley Quinn and Joker. They're going to put out as much of it as they can. I don't actually think Margot Robbie's character would fit too well into the no. Joaquin Phoenix version because it's supposed to be a lot darker and she's a little bit lighter. And mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, lighter is light you can get. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I mean, I like Lady Gaga, so that should be fine. <laughs> but the, the, I remember, so I have a buddy, my buddy Chase, so shout out to Chase. He super nerd like myself, and for Christmas one year, my birthday, he went out and bought a bunch of comic trades that he liked. None of them were like sequential order. It's just like this, Batman this, Daredevil this, and he had a reason for picking each and every one of them. Whether it was one of his favorites, like he gave me the first issue of Chew because he just happens to really love the uh, writer. He gave me uh, a Daredevil trade from Kevin Smith that he wrote because I gave I got him in to see Kevin Smith once. Oh, okay. So it's like stuff like that, like cute little, hey, you know, because we did this together, I want to get you this or that, or this reminded me of you for this. And so one of them being a 
uh, one of, I believe it was one of a uh, Joker story or whatever. It might have even been the killing joke. I don't remember, but there's a moment where the Joker is crawled up in Harley Quinn's lap, like freaking out, like having a panic attack, if you will, and just kind of crying and stuff. And Harley's just comforting him. So she is equally as damaged as he is. Sure. But, you know, she understands and like she takes care of him, but then he'll go in and flip the switch and just go crazy. So I have a feeling like that is kind of what we're going to be seeing. She is his therapist, his comfort, but he also treats her as badly as everybody else. And if I recall correctly, Harley Quinn was at least maybe this is because I just watched that show, but uh, she was a, a psychiatrist so, yeah. and nurse kind of thing. So she could be in the insane asylum we see the Joker going to in the mm-hmm. end of the first movie. And yes, that's exactly how they met. So the original appearance of Harley Quinn was in the Batman animated series before she had made it in the comics. And she was his therapist. She was a young, brilliant doctor. And she kind of fell in love with him and kind of went crazy from there. And I like that in this Harley Quinn series, uh, the animated series, it it delves into her trauma, her family life trauma. And I hate saying trauma because I feel like that's too heavy for the heavy of a term for the show. But you you kind of realize why she is the way she is. Yeah, you get it. Without, they, but without it being heavy. Yeah, well, I mean, they do have the entire episode where she goes into her own brain. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's funny. That, that's where I get the, um, it's like, remember, hooker rules. No kissing on the mouth. Um, I, I'm sorry. Stripper rule. <laughs> Look, but don't touch. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> there are some great lines in there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't wait for you to watch the rest. It just gets more and more crazy. And I know we full on went Harley Quinn mode and DC mode, but I do. I am curious to hear what uh, Gareth has to say. With us today, Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Gareth, we were off last week, so I am sure we have a bunch to catch up off, uh, catch up on. What, what do you got for us today? Well, the big news so far this week has been the big shakeup in the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh boy! All and, right, what was happening? Well, basically, uh, Blade has had some issues in that the director walked away from the project, and reportedly there's been some issues with the script. I've heard stories about there were only a couple of action sequences in the script, and they were not considered to be very high profile, and obviously that wasn't going to cut the mustard with anybody involved. So they're reworking the script, they're looking for a director, and as a result, this has pushed Blade back to September 6th of 2024. And uh, like Domino's, that has pushed everything else back. Uh, you know, for example, Deadpool 3 went from September to November of 2024. The Fantastic Four got moved to February of 2015. Uh, they had a as-yet-untitled Marvel film pushed from February to November of 2025. And then uh, there was an untitled film due in 26 that has gone off the schedule. But, like, one of the big examples is Secret Wars was supposed to be November of 2025, and now it's May of 2026. My gosh, I I would never have imagined such um, big pushbacks for a two-month delay. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you've got to have action sequences in Blade. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is all the awesome sword fighting. Absolutely. And the other thing is people are thinking... Uh, remember Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's probably some connections, there's probably going to be some characters and sequences introduced, which would basically make subsequent films uh, dependent on the films that came before it, so you couldn't have an issue like, you know, right now, they had the issue where the original plan was the Marvels was going to be released ahead of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but due to the way production happened, 
they're actually going to flip-flop them and put Ant-Man out first because they needed more time with the other one. And it you can see how they're building towards Secret Wars and the Kang uh, Avengers film, and I think it's just a simple case of that, you know, one can't happen without the other, and then the allocation of resources, and you don't want too many coming too close in the theater. They just said, let's push it all back, because they do always have the option to move it forward if production finishes early, that sort of thing. But as of now, that's where things stand. That makes a great point. You know, it's always better to be safe because like you said, they can actually just bump them up if it happens to all work out. And we know when you're coming down to fixing things and doing last minute projects, it, it you know, they generally get delayed more often than they get pushed forward. Absolutely. And of course, you know, there's also the problem of availability of talent. You have to at least have some kind of window to say, you know, if we're going to make this date, we have to be done by this date. Yeah, we can call back for reshoots, but you have to have a plan. And that's been one of the greatest things about Marvel is that they've generally, nothing's been rushed to the theater. They take their time and they are not afraid to push things back to make sure it's as good as it possibly can be. And I like that about them. I mean, I've, I don't think I've rated one of their movies below a six or a seven in a long time. So it definitely shows. Absolutely. Well, moving on from the Marvel news, Gareth, we are in the spooky season, and I know that you have had a ton of Halloween-related topics coming up. What, what has been really uh, catching your ear? Well, what's been working really well for me is we had the California parks, so that was, you know, Disneyland, not Universal Studios, SeaWorld, all had uh, Halloween activities, uh, haunted mazes, attractions. Those are great, but of course, obviously, you have to be in the Southern California area or Florida to take advantage of those. So naturally the transition would be toward movies. And we had a really interesting thing arise uh, that we saw Halloween ends the other day. Um, going to be mixed for people. Some are going to love it. Some are going to hate it. Sure. But when you start looking at that, the interesting thing about it is the rights now go back to the son of the original producer and so the people who were responsible for the most recent trilogy have said, this is it, they're done, they no longer have the rights. doesn't mean they can't work a new deal. But at the same time, there's this uh, franchise called Friday the 13th that's been in limbo forever over a rights issues. And we just got a updated clarification on it recently, and it, it honestly, it's crazy. Um, see what you can make of this one. Okay. The, original screenwriter and the producers of the original Friday the 13th were locked in a lawsuit that had gone on for years over who had the rights to the characters. And without getting overly technical, what it was determined was that the writer has the rights to Jason and the characters, so therefore he can do prequels, sequels, video games, TV shows, and so on and so forth. But here's the catch. can only do it in the United States. The producers own the foreign right, and if anyone remembers the Friday the 13th films, Jason did not become a fixture until the second film onward, and he didn't get his hockey mask until the third film onward. So essentially, the guy who has the rights cannot use an adult Jason, cannot use the hockey mask, and is basically and cannot use the phrase Friday the 13th. That kind of ruins the whole uh, the whole like uh, you know lore right there. Exactly. So basically, you could say you know teenage Jason and go from there. And so it's this whole mess because 
neither one can do things the way they need to. I mean, essentially, one could say, I'm making a full-on Friday the 13th, but it's only going to be released in Europe. And so they're back to either do nothing, water down the franchise, or work together. And after all these years of lawsuits, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, is it really that hard to work together to make one of those movies and split the profits? They seem to do very well. Yeah, and, you know, and a, and a prime example of this uh, is that Disney's going through this right now because there had been some changes to copyright laws. And when they acquired Fox, the right holder, the people who wrote the screenplay for Predator went after them to go after ownership. Well, they went to court and they figured it all out. Essentially, a settlement was reached. Disney keeps the franchise, moves forward. You have some people at Marvel that are going after them saying, well, you know, we have the right to Iron Man and all this. And, you know, in the end, it's probably going to come down to, okay, producer credit, you get a cut of the money, money. So that's what shocked everybody is usually it's a matter of how much and let's get this figured out. And meanwhile, everything's just sitting in limbo. Ah, well, you know, sometimes people just can't reach an agreement. I mean, it took Sony long enough to give Marvel the rights to Spider-Man for a little while, so I can't say it's never happened before. No, ego gets involved, too, which is also a big problem. Ah, you always got to watch out for your ego, though. I, I always was told profits would beat your ego <laughs> in the long run, but I guess not in this case. Absolutely. Well, uh, Gareth, uh, before you get out of here, I hear we have some interesting video game news. Now, it's no uh, secret that I'm a big fan of the Dead Space games, and a game that caught my eye was uh, this Callisto Protocol, which is kind of in the same genre, but I heard you have some news about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually kind of going to set up a very interesting rivalry. The Callisto Protocol, when we first heard about it a couple of years ago, uh, we kind of got vibes of Dead Space. Oh, yeah. And then we didn't hear anything for the longest time. And then the Dead Space reboot was announced by EA. And we thought, okay, well, maybe this is gone by the sidelines and all that. Well, turns out they're both coming out. They're both scheduled to come out within a month of each other. Callisto in December, Dead Space in January. Here's where it gets really, really interesting. Callisto is made from a new studio but they are the Dead Space, original Dead Space developers. Okay. And after Dead Space 3 did not do so well, EA essentially shuttered the studio that made the Dead Space franchise. Everyone thought that was dead. So now it's this crazy battle of you have this new studio made up of the people who essentially made the first two games that are making the Callisto Protocol. EA has hired this new division to create a brand new dead space game and they're going to go right up against each other and well it's the reboot but uh they're going right up against each other being released only a few weeks apart that is awesome news for people like me who are just happy to hear that we have two new games in that same genre but i'm sure that they're not happy about it well they both look fantastic i mean i don't know if you've seen some of the new footage from the callisto protocol which involves uh, a prisoner getting off a prison in space there's all kinds of creatures i mean they show a lot of really impressive Dead Space-style things like throwing people into grinders, going down these water slide things, but if you don't make the certain moves, you can chop your guy into pieces. Very graphic, very creepy, very atmospheric. And then you look at Dead Space, and you can see the massive enhancement in graphics from the original game to now, and the original one still looks great. And I'm thinking... Let's just hope they're both really good quality games, and competition can, in this case, be a very good thing and drive, hopefully, two very good products to market.
Most definitely. I mean, you're totally right with the graphics. I mean, I saw some earlier the trailers of the uh, Callisto Protocol, and I just kept going, "Wow, these games have come a long way since I played Dead Space One." Absolutely, and I'm curious to know which one's going to be creepier because I generally don't scare, but I can tell you, Dead Space One and Two was pretty unnerving. I mean, there were some parts in there where you're just like, you know, maybe I need to put the lights on for this and that sort of thing, or the who can ever forget the eye probe in Dead Space 2. I mean, there were some squeamish moments, but I think all in all, potentially, we've got two really great games to look forward to. Ah, man, you got me excited. I can't wait to get my hands on them. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to wait a couple more months, but I'll be uh, looking forward to your review of them. Absolutely. I cannot wait. And, you know, and, you know, just on a no, there's nothing definite, but uh, director John Carpenter had mentioned recently that if he got a chance, he would love to take a shot at making Dead Space as a movie. So who knows what the future is going to hold? Oh, man, I will buy tickets to that movie. Absolutely. I mean, that's just that's a no brainer right there. Most definitely. Well, thank you so much, Gareth, for joining us. That's again, Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And uh, Gareth, I look forward to talking to you next week about some more stuff. Absolutely. Take care now. Well, thank you, Gareth, again for joining us. Gareth always brings us some great information mm-hmm. up to date, and I am stoked for all of the video games that are coming out and, of course, the spooky season. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Lord of the Rings or <laughs> Game of Thrones or Andor. Andor's great. Lord of the Rings sucks. Game of Thrones is awesome. Uh, <laughs> just uh, we'll, we'll review more of it later on when BJ comes on the show, hopefully next week. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you know, again, you got a billion dollars. You got to do a better job. Yeah. That's generally what it is. But moving on from that, we do have to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, it's spooky season and Friday. All right. So there is not when it comes to movie theaters being or movies being released in theaters this week. There's not a whole lot that kind of fit what we talk about. That being said, there are some that either came out last week or that are available on streaming that I will get to real quick. The big one that's coming out this weekend, and I feel like it's been promoted everywhere I go. Facebook ads, YouTube ads. The back of a bus. <laughs> Everything. And that is Halloween Ends. This is Ooh. the final movie of the Halloween series with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I've seen previews for this. They did uh, side-by-sides of her from her old movie. Right. And yeah. then, because she did one, I think, last year, and I forget what that one was titled, but basically this is like part two and we're done. Part three. Well, you would think because it says Halloween Ends. If this is not the end, that's kind of shenanigans. Well, you know what they say, a different timeline. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm loving, by the way, on a side note, Jamie Lee Curtis is uh, her vibe and everything that's going on with her right now between everything, everywhere, all at once and Knives Out. I'm like, I am so happy for this return. She's a badass. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, but she is, uh, she was, it was called Halloween Kills was the one that came out there last year. There we go. Kills and then ends. Right. Uh, by the way, she's also going to be in or was a, in Borderlands as a character, as a voice. Oh, interesting. So if you played Borderlands, that's you probably also heard her there. Uh, but unfortunately, and this is also what, like, billionth movie in this series? I, I lost track about four movies ago. Same. It only has six reviews as of right now, but it's 67% on the tomato meter, which isn't awful. There's six reviews. It can go either way at this point. And you know how these these thrillers go. If you liked the original, you're going to like this one. Right. It, it, it's campy. It's silly. Like, seriously. Like, why can't you leave this woman alone, Michael? Yeah. She's still getting hunted. Oh, all these years and all these knives, and they still haven't finished the job. I mean, they're they're bad at their job. Poor Laurie Strode, which is the character's name. Uh, one other movie that is coming out on the uh, this weekend, it's called, only because I really wanted to say the name. 
It's called Bitch Ass. <laughs> Bitch Ass. <laughs> this falls under the horror mystery thriller category. This is actually getting 64% with 22 reviews as of right now. And the, the idea is a gang initiation goes horribly wrong when four recruits break into a house of horror and a sadistic killer forces them to play dead, deadly games for their lives. I feel like a lot of the cast, they're pretty, at least according to Rotten Tomatoes, there's no pictures on them. So that makes me think they're newbies. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a spin on Saw. Except a little Except that there's a gang initiation involved. <laughs> but it does star Tony Todd, which if you remember, Candyman. Oh, okay. The OG one, I believe. So he's got chops. So, I mean, this is going to be that kind of vibe. Uh, not my thing. Yeah, I don't know about you, Vicky. I am not a huge horror movie person. I like the funny ones. Like, those were my jam like, back in uh, the day. Evil Dead? Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I could watch Evil Dead. It's gory. It's horrible. Horrible the way they do things, but I love it. But yeah, but it's funny. Spiders, ghosts, you know, killing people over and over. Like, it's yeah. just a little too close to home. Like, when that phone used to ring and no one would answer, and they go, <gasps> No, nope, I'm good. Yeah, all right, you know. <laughs> uh, but if you want to do check out a movie this weekend, try Werewolf by Night. It is on Disney Plus, and I got it spoiled. But there is a cameo of a future Marvel character we will see some someday. Oh, they, a new uh, one. They make an appearance for the very first time. Nice, that's exciting. And it's getting 91 percent on the tomato meter. So that's go check even it out. more exciting. You, you can just stay home and watch it. <laughs> I like my couch. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.